you join me at a tremendously exciting moment. It's into your head, number 798. It's been eight years. We've been stuck in the 790s. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. I can tell you when we get to episode 800, we'll just have a new lease of life. I won't be changed to the 700s like I've been for the past several years. Oh, it's like having a chain attached to my neck that's attached to a joint ball bearing. Except the ball bearing isn't round. It's all oh, some jagged shape, so it doesn't even roll along the ground. So it it's not even portable, it just locks you. It's not attached to the ground or anything. It's just not, it's just immobile because of its shape. It's not shaped like a wheel or a sphere or anything. Although it'd probably be even worse if it were shaped like the sphere. I suppose it could roll around all over the place and drag you with it. It mightn't be ideal. It might be suboptimal, I suppose. So no, if you're going to have a chain attached around your neck, such as, for example, the recent numbering of your podcast that's been in the 790s for so many years, uh, you want to have it in the form of a non, non-spherical, non-wheel shape uh, rock that it's attached to. Or do you? I don't know. I suppose you could get it. A fair way to do that, I suppose. If, you, if you're chaining someone to a big rock as a punishment, I suppose the fair way to do that would have some way where it's a limited amount of punishment just like a jail sentence is so you'd have a, a set weight of rock and if you once you drag it around for long enough and you become fit enough or you lose enough weight you're able to you're able to move around with it properly and it becomes oh, basically you've run out your sentence you become free of it although it'll still be attached to you I suppose and then it'll benefit you because you'll be dragging that around all day and uh, you'll probably have a new lease of life from all this weightlifting you're doing every time you move uh, that seems unfair now because if you're being punished for some crime you get this thing attached to you that's going to transform your health and make you extremely fit that seems unfair that you should get that you're a criminal you're supposed to be being punished uh the, no the victim should get the chain and the ball then surely because they should get to have this bonus new lease of health by having why should the criminal get that no no that's fucking ridiculous that whole criminal system is wrong if that's the case all the benefits you get from going to jail and the, the victim gets to back to just get home with their lives and go to work and not get any benefit out of this the victim should be allowed to go to jail as well and get all the free food and the luxuriating on the metal bed and being able to piss in the toilet that's a foot from your bed you barely have to move around the house and you have cleaners come in and uh, make sure there's no drugs in your bed or anything no no I'm not saying every crime victim would want to do this but if you're a victim of crime and they're asking you when they've sentenced the fella who did the crime to you and they're deciding at the end to weigh up everything and decide to, to look at the victim impact statement and all of it uh, the victim should get an option I'm not saying they should want this but the victim should get an option of the victim going to jail instead if only if they want to they just might want just for their fun just for the novelty of it it'd be like a little oh, a little holiday or a little bit of, just to see how the other half live the victim might say as my reward for having this crime done to me i'd like to experience jail for a year or two see what it's like uh maybe turn it into a reality show and then while i'm in jail the fellow who did the crime to me can be put in charge of uh cleaning my house uh maybe renting it on airbnb for a couple of years and looking after all that until i get out that could be his punishment I don't know. That seems a good idea to me. Does it seem like a good idea to you? It probably doesn't. But you don't have an imagination. I do. 
that's okay because you can just I'm giving you imagination here just just absorb everything here from my imagination into yours and then you have the same imagination if this isn't imaginary enough for you uh, there'll be a two cats walk into a bar story along in a few minutes that'll help you with that if I remember rightly it turns into a oh it turns into a fella standing in the pharmacy and also a kid standing in a sweet shop and the pharmacy fella is wondering why Robin, uh, either Robbie or Robin Williams isn't working in the pharmacy with him anymore or something along those lines. Anyway, where was I? Oh yes, the jail thing. Uh, you used to have the option of being allowed to go to jail and of course that the, if the victim gets all the choices then the crime fella shouldn't get any choices. He should have the option of going to jail but he's allowed to... Oh, maybe you should get the option of becoming a prison guard. Because being a prison guard's a job nobody wants to do. They should make the criminal do it. They should make the criminal become the, become a prison guard. Because uh, they make them. They make criminals do jobs in jail. They make them do stuff like push around the library trolley handing out books to people so they can read up about everything. Uh, so, they should have criminals doing the prison guard job. They guard the... They'll be very good at it. Prisoners are... They get on well with... Uh, Whatever. You developed that idea yourself. I'm done with it. Anyway, on with the show. Two cats walk into a bar. One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest milk, please? And the man behind the bar says, We don't sell milk in pints. I sell you a portion of milk, but I tell you, you can be damn sure to Christ as hell that it won't be a pint. We don't sell milk in pints. We're not a frigging, we're not the milk truck. We sell milk in the same quantities in which we sell Coca-Cola. Be somewhere along the lines of 220 milliliters, although most of that will be ice. Uh, we put it in a tiny glass. Uh, if you're lucky, we'll give you a glass bottle and then dispense some of the Coke into the glass. So it looks like, oh, it looks like you've got a little glass of Coke here and then when that's finished, you can refill it from your glass. So it'll look like you're getting more. But it won't really. It won't look like anything of the sort. Uh, you'll just enjoy the novelty of having something out of a glass bottle for the first time in 30 years. Uh, for some reason, the only place you can get Coke in a glass bottle is in a fucking pub. And you take the cork off for you first. So you're, you're a child. You're not allowed to have control of the cork of the bottle. You're not allowed to open it yourself. In case you... When I was a child, you used to be able to buy glass bottles of cola. You go into the shop and you'd buy it. And then you'd walk out and get your bicycle. And then you'd get off your bicycle and go back in and say, Could you please open this for me? And the shopkeeper man, this would be the highlight of his day, I can tell you. He feels like Santa Claus. He has the power to open soda bottles as you Americans call them for kids. Uh, usually kids who have no other. As far as they're aware, there's no other way to open these bottles. If they've no idea that they could just go home and look in the drawer and find something that they could take the lid off that bottle with quite easily. So now they go back into the magic man in the shop, uh, who now feels all powerful, and they say, could you please take the top off this bottle for me, please, if you don't mind? And the shopkeeper says, certainly. Here you go, young man. Here you go. Here's an 
open bottle for you. In fact, I haven't opened it. I've just taken back the bottle and given you one that I opened while you were out trying to open a house outside at your bicycle. Because uh, I knew you were going to come back in. I know you children and how you operate. You go out there all confident with your glass bottle of shit. And uh, tell you, it's not Coca-Cola either. It's some fucking stupid brand. It's uh, Score Cola or Score Orange Aid or some crap like that. Uh, why we're selling you in glass bottles to children, I've no idea. Uh, maybe you should sell it in plastic bottles but still have the impossible to open cork. Maybe that would help. I don't see how. Uh, one of my earliest memories is going on a school tour uh, to Dublin and having a 500 milliliter can of Fanta orange and not being able to open it because the fucking ring pole came off. The ring pole came off uh, but didn't do its job while it was coming off which was to take off the opening of the spout of the can so you couldn't drink out of it. So we went around all day. Oh, nearly died of thirst. It was absolutely, absolutely appalling. I nearly died of thirst. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this fella in the, where? Oh yes, the man behind the bar. Yes, he says you can, no. You can't have a glass of milk. You can't have a pint of milk, but you can have a, a portion of milk. I'm not going to say a glass. Because if you come in asking for a coke, you wouldn't say to the barman, "Can I have a oh, can I have a glass of coke, please?" He would not. He'd say a coke, and he'd give you a coke, which would be whatever one measure of coke is uh, in his in his bar tendering system. Uh, what's the measure of coke? I don't. No, I uh, know what you're thinking there. You're thinking, yo, is he trying to be witty and refer to coke powder, to drug? No, I'm not. I'm not trying to refer to that. Although, if I remember rightly, uh, you used to be able to buy... That was another thing you used to get in the sweet shops. You could get a sachet of powder that you'd add water to and it would become uh, a coke beverage. Uh, but that, that wasn't cocaine either. They don't sell cocaine to children. Maybe you go around selling cocaine to children, but I don't. And the People in this country don't. We're a civilised country. We don't have any of that crap. Uh, drugs are illegal here. You're not allowed to have drugs. Uh, if you go into... Oh, if you go into a hospital, they'll tell you, Oh, uh, you need some paracetamol for that headache. Uh, but you're not allowed to have it. We don't sell paracetamol here. Try the pharmacy. Go out to the pharmacy. And then you'll go out to the pharmacy. And you'll say, Hello, can I have a box of your finest paracetamol here? Or two tablets anyway. And uh, the pharmacist will say, what's it for? And you'll say, it's for my head. There's something wrong with my head. It's sore. I think I have a cold or something. And the pharmacist will say, have you tried everything else? And you'll say, yes, I have. And the pharmacist will say, what else have you tried? And I'll say, uh, I've tried not having a headache. Uh, and I've also tried, what am I supposed to say? Oh, I've tried Nurofen and the other thing. I don't know that you mentioned it. If you're going in for uh, paracetamol, they just give it to you. It's not a problem. When you go looking for something stronger, that's when you have to say, no, I've tried paracetamol and I've tried that whole thing that uh, urofen, wherever the fuck it is, give me something stronger. The pharmacist will say, certainly, would you like some cocaine? And you'll say, oh, is that possible? Yes, please. And they'll say, no, it's not. I'm not, I was joking. You can't fucking come in here looking for cocaine. What next? Uh, you have a fucking headache. Get over it. You're not getting anything stronger. I have a responsibility not to give you anything stronger than a cup of tea. Uh, so here's a cup of tea for you here. Uh, now, normally, they wouldn't offer you a cup 
of tea. Sometimes they'd offer you a glass of water uh, if you've come in with a toothache or something and you get then they manage to talk them into giving you something strong. Uh, they give you a glass of water to wash it down and you'll say, no, no, I'm allergic to water. That's very irresponsible of you. You should have asked me about that. Uh, my prescription just says, uh, I don't know. Well, no, I don't have a prescription. If I had a prescription, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Because uh, oh, I'd be drugged up instead of doing a podcast and creating this conversation. Uh, but no, no, that's, that's how pharmacies work. Anyway, the man behind the bar says... Ah, here you go. Here's a portion of milk for you, cat. And the cat says, oh, thank you very much. Do you mind me asking what size is a portion here? And the man behind the bar says, I don't mind you asking at all. It's 220 milligrams. It's basically one of those little, tiny little plastic bottles that kids buy slightly smaller than that. Because they get smaller and smaller and smaller every day. It's like that. Uh, what's that thing that, I think it's a Disney movie or something. Or, uh, Honey, I should the kids. Uh, the kids get shrunk and then they go off. Oh no, I was thinking of a different one. Uh, there's another film. Uh, it's much better than Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. At least the first half is because it gets, goes, gets a bit shit after the first half. There's a movie where uh, there's a couple and they go off to, oh, they decide to downsize. Like There's a new system of downsizing where you can go through a medical procedure where they shrink you down to the size that the kids are in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. It's a more sophisticated movie than that, supposedly. Uh, they get shrunk down to that sort of size, like the kids in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but then they go and live in a special development that's designed for people who've been shrunk. They can live in a tiny house in a tiny village in a tiny community and everything's much much cheaper because they're tidy uh, but then after a while the wife gets oh no what happens the, the man gets shrunk but the wife backs out at the last minute or something and doesn't get shrunk the man ends up living in the community and the woman doesn't she ends she stays full size and then at some point oh something happens and a load of other crap happens for some reason the man ends up traveling to some other country to do some sort of aid work up some mountain or something i completely lost track of the thing because it got ridiculous after that I was perfectly happy for the first half you had a tiny man moving into a lego village to save money and live a oh live a cheap retirement in a lovely little tiny village but then no it got, just got confusing later on they tried to make it find meaning in all of this absolutely fucking ridiculous uh, anyway and then the cat says so 220 mils is that right and the man says well don't quote me on that but yeah that sounds a bite right i don't really know the mills we think in points here and in fact we don't really think of putting points when we're pouring stuff we just look at the marker on the glass and the marker uh, we don't really look at the marker because i've been doing this for i've been a barman for 85 years i don't need a line on the glass to tell me how far up to put the liquid i do not uh, I just pick up the bottle and I put my thumb over the top of it and release my thumb for half a second and whatever amount of liquid spills out of the bottle during that half a second is a measure. So I put that in there. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking a Coke isn't supposed to be distilled as a measure. A Coke is something that you put in on top of the measure of spirits. You get a measure of spirits and then you get a full portion of Coke in on top of it if you want the mixer. No, I've never worked in a fucking pub. Have you worked 
in a pub. You probably haven't. And the cat says, no, I haven't worked in a pub, but I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that you haven't worked in one either. And the man behind the bar says, oh, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. Uh, have you ever worked in a pharmacy? And the cat says, no, I haven't. Have you? And the man behind the bar says, no, but I've imagined it. I've imagined working in a pharmacy. I imagine it's quite a challenging job because you have people coming in here looking for drugs. They're trying to get high or get well. They're looking for some fix to fix their illness and to make them feel less sick or less dead. They're basically looking to be kept alive. They're addicted to being kept alive and not in pain. I see they come in here saying, can I have some drugs, please? Except they don't usually say it's great health like that. They'll say, do you have anything for a headache? And I'm expected to suggest paracetamol or or cocaine or something. And they'll go, oh, that sounds a bit strong. Do you think, would you recommend that for me? And I'll say, it's not for me to recommend or disrecommend. I recommend not uh, living a lifestyle where you keep getting a headache every two years and having to go to the shop to get pharmacy stuff, such as paracetamol. And, uh, And the customer will say, oh, it's one of them. It's one of them pharmacists. I must make a mental note not to come in here again and go to a different one. And the man behind the pharmacist counter will say, you know, I heard that. I can hear what you're thinking out loud because you're saying it through your mouth. And you'll say, that's fine. That's fine. We've no secrets here. Uh, We're having an open and honest exchange whereby you're asking me questions in the process of determining what medicine you can responsibly offer me. Perfectly fine with you hearing my thoughts. And that's why I'm saying them through my throat and my mouth and my vocal cord. Incidentally, have you got anything for an overactive vocal cord? Perhaps some drugs of some kind. And the pharmacist will say, well, the first thing I would do is shut up. I would shut your stupid, ugly face. (laughs) And the customer will say, I beg your pardon? And the pharmacist will say, oh, I'm sorry. Did I not say that loudly enough? I said, first of all, I would shut my stupid, ugly face. Except it wouldn't be my face. It would be your face. I'm imagining if I was you and I wanted a fix, I'd shut my stupid, ugly face. And the customer will say, why am I being referred to as a customer in this situation? I'm obviously not going to leave here with any drugs of any kind. For one thing, he's probably not going to give me anything. And for another, even if he did, I wouldn't darken his door step with my custom unless he offers me something strong in which case I'm fine I'm happy to be insulted and called a stupid ugly face by this fella be almost worth it I wonder can I get some codeine off him and the man behind the counter says you're still t- saying it out loud to your stupid ugly face would you like some codeine and the customer will say oh I'm a customer again now yes please I'll have some codeine do you have the type that melts into I'm too tired to swallow a pill do you have the type you mix in with your drink with your oh with your glass of coke or your glass of milk what did they call it you know the one that kind of melts away into a drink and fizzes away and then you drink it the pharmacist will say you do know you're still talking to your big fat ugly face and you'll say oh you didn't say fat the first time you said stupid ugly face have you have you changed your description of me now for some reason and uh, oh the pharmacist will say yes I have because you're oh you're probably not only are you guzzling down these drugs you're adding them to a glass of coke or milk or something to add extra calories into it so uh, and hence my embellishing my insult to add the word fat into it and the customer will say okay I've had enough of this I've had enough of 
this, I'm going off now, I'm going to go off and go somewhere else, and I'm going to report this to the Better Business Bureau, the thing I, I've heard of, the Better Business Bureau, an American thing, but this podcast is international, so I'm sure, it'll, I'm sure I can report anything that happens on here to a... Uh, uh, to an American thing, because the internet is available in America, isn't it? I believe it is. Is the internet available in America? And the pharmacist says, I've no idea, I don't know anything about the internet, I don't need internet when you have a pharmacy where you can bring in your, oh, you can bring in all your uh, photographic films and have them printed by a fellow who looks like Robin Williams, uh, or is it Harvey Williams or Robin Williams, I can never remember, which was the one who's dead, uh, who played a psychotic photograph developer in a pharmacy. Oh, that was Robin Williams. We have one of them at the other end of the pharmacy and you can come in here with your photographs and get them developed and printed onto paper. And because of that, nobody who goes to a pharmacy needs has any need for the internet or any kind of digital devices. You can do it all here. You take your photographs, you get a disposable camera, you bring it in here and we print them. Uh, at least I think that's what we do. That's what we used to do. I haven't spoken to the to the photographer fell in about 10 years. I assume that's still what he's doing. Maybe I should have a look and check that out. Now that I think about it, I don't remember seeing anything in the accounts about us making money out of developing photographs lately. I wonder why he does all day. Maybe he doesn't exist. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking, imagining it. Maybe I'm thinking of that character that Ben Williams played in that film and he doesn't work here in my pharmacy at all. I've just imagined it all. I suppose that's possible. Maybe I take too many drugs? Has that ever occurred to me? Or maybe I take too few? Has that ever occurred to me either? I don't know. It's not really for me to say as the pharmacist. I should consult with another pharmacist about stuff like that. If you're a, a medical person and you need medical advice, you shouldn't be giving it to yourself. You have to go and consult someone else and see what they think. Maybe I should consult the customer. Customer, what do you think? And the customer will say, are you going to give me my fucking drugs or not? And the pharmacist pharmacist will say, well, that depends on what you tell me. Do you think I should have some drugs? Would you be willing to prescribe them to me? And the customer will say, certainly. Um, I'll prescribe to you half of whatever you prescribe to me. And the pharmacist will say, is that not illegal? And the customer will say, well, you're the expert. I don't know. I'm only going by what you say. You're the expert advisor here. You know everything. You seem to know everything. You know all about the movies and you know all about the internet. Uh, apparently you think there's no need for and you know all about either Robbie Williams or Robin Williams whichever it is which is the one who's the who's the actor and comedian who's dead and which is the one who's the oh who's in the British boy band uh, I think that's Robbie Williams is it and then there's that's fucking ridiculous can they not have different names I found out that you mentioned in fact they do have different names but can they not have more different names like distinguish them properly you don't need a Robin and a Robin be in pretty much the same the same industry and the pharmacist butts in and says excuse me I would argue that the American stand-up comedy industry and the American TV sitcom 
home industry of the 1970s and the Hollywood movie industry are not part of the same industry as the British boy band industry of the 1990s. I would argue that if I knew how to. If I had enough information to, with which to argue with it, and if I was into the, if I was into debating, I'm not really into debating. Maybe so. Maybe I should join a debating society. Be something to do that might help me with these conversations I have with my customers. Anyway, are we supposed to be doing a? Oh, I think we are. We're supposed to be still having the cat getting the pint of milk off the barman, except he got a portion of milk instead. There wasn't a pint. Oh, we are. And somehow we got on to a pharmacist. I think the pharmacist is more interesting, to be honest. It was just a bit of a disorganised story. Anyway, on with the show. thinking there you're thinking what in the name of christ was that what in the name of christ jesus christ on a popsicle stick was that uh some fella oh some fella coming down here talking about how prisons should be uh, an option for victims you want to send them off to prison now you want to punish people for being victims of crime have you absolutely fucking lost your mind you absolutely fucking nut who drinks too much energy drinks and then crams coke down his face like there's no tomorrow and then drinks more energy drinks and tops it off with coffee and then goes into the spare room and talks this shit uh, that's what you're thinking and you'd be largely right about that it's, that's fair that's fair I can handle that criticism although I don't take it as criticism I, I take it as a compliment I'm doing it I'm doing a rather unique podcast here uh, whereby I talk shit uh, using the power of uh, own brand energy drinks although today I must say I've had a proper monster energy drink in fact not only was it a monster energy drink there was one of the fancier extreme monster energy drinks that's designed for people who want their drink to taste nice. Uh, I didn't really enjoy it very much. I don't need my energy drinks to taste nice. I just need them to provide me with their fuel to talk shit on my podcast for an hour or so. Uh, so no, I don't really care about that. I can never figure out, is a monster energy drink that comes in the big 500 milliliter can, has that got the same amount of energy as the 250 milliliter Red Bull? Because uh, I can never figure that out. They've, they've even more complicated it lately because they have three different sizes of Red Bull now. I've no idea if they're all just the same amount but with more liquid. Is it just more condensed or less condensed? I don't know. I suppose I could probably figure it out by looking it up, reading the instructions and the ingredients and figuring it out. Maybe get a calculator if necessary. But no, I'm not going to do that. That would be a waste of the energy. The whole point of drinking these drinks is to give me the energy to do this and uh, not to give me the energy to read their fucking ingredients on the energy drink. That would be ludicrous. That would be like a vicious circle. You read, you pour the stuff down your throat, then you get the stimulation in your brain that enables you to spend ages researching what you've just drunk. And then you weigh yourself out, so you go to sleep and then you drink more the next morning and see if you can get started all over again. Uh, that's no that's no way to run a podcast, as far as I'm concerned. And you may think, what do you know about running a podcast? 
asked, uh, well, I ran one for 10 years and then I shut one down for seven years and now I'm running one again. Uh, it's year 18, if I remember rightly, of this shit. Uh, so don't tell me I don't know how to run a podcast. I know how to run a podcast. I just have chosen not to for the last three quarters of a decade. Well, it's all coming back to life now. It's all coming back to life. Uh, we're back with this shit. It's going to be another, I'm going to do this for another 20 years now. Uh, it's going to be everywhere. There's going to be no avoiding it. You won't be able to avoid it anywhere. Oh, I just registered into your head.ie now. So you can, oh, if you go around saying there's no Irish podcasts. Uh, well, this is one. And to prove I got an IE. You can get an IE at the end of your address now. Uh, when you go to register to say, are you? This isn't a very good segment. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. Uh, I'd probably edit this out at least, if not the whole segment. Uh, but just in case I don't, I'll allow myself to uh, to have a little break here while continuing to record, uh, just in case it takes off again into something. Because you never know. You never know. I give up on some of these segments far too early, and then I regret it. I think I could have said something. I could have, I could have rescued that uh, monologue and got her back into something. I could have gone on about how I should probably have a rescue a mono uh, bollocks. Uh, I'm probably not going to rescue this now that I think about it. Well, we have a song. We have a song. That's what we do. We'll have a song. Uh, the first song I ever learned when I was four in school. Uh, come with me, come to the zoo. There's something and something to do. And we'll see all the monkeys and spiders and donkeys and something and elephants too. The zoo, the zoo, the wonderful zoo. There's something and something and something, the zoo. The zoological gardens. <laughs> I've never heard that song again in my life. Either was taught it in school at the age of four. Never heard it anywhere. Can't find it anywhere on the internet, so it may not even exist. And the bit at the end where I go, the zoological gardens. I'm pretty sure that wasn't part of it. I'm pretty sure that was something a sibling of mine used to to add on at the end if I performed it at home. Uh, he's probably thinking of something else. Because they wouldn't just add the zoological gardens on at the end of a children's song. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. Already, they're barely learning the word zoo. You're not going to add on zoological gardens at the end and say, oh, you can't be just saying the zoo. You're nearly five years old now. It's time to learn some more vocabulary. Learn zoological gardens. It would not. At the very least, he goes, zoological and not say the gardens part because the gardens part is going to confuse them. Uh, you've been telling them that this is a place for animals but now you're adding on the word gardens to it. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, they'll be going that next, if you do that, they'll be going into farms that grow crops and plants and things and don't have any animals and they'll be expecting to see cows among the grass, among the grass crop. Well, you do have cows among the grass. Well, cows among the corn and the vegetables and the parsnips and the things that are growing on an arable farm. That's what the kids will be expecting if you do that. If you mix in gardens with the concept of zoology. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. 
absolutely fucking ridiculous. That's what it is. Uh, you also have to explain to them how that works when uh, you have animals who eat gardens. Because the gardens, the animals don't re-sow the gardens when they eat it. That's not sustainable. An animal living in a garden is not sustainable unless that animal has gardening skills. And you can be damn sure the Christ as hell is the, ne- the nearest an animal. Most animals have the gardening skills uh, is producing manure which can be used by gardeners. But that involves uh, they're not going to do the gardening themselves. So that's that's not going to work. That's not oh well, that's really I'm glad I kept going with this segment now. So it's led to something. Got on to this. I really wasn't expecting that. That's fantastic. That is absolutely fucking fantastic. Uh, we do the song again. I'm back into it again now. I'm all enthused. Come with me, come to the zoo. The wonderful, wonderful zoo. There's spiders and monkeys and tigers and donkeys and lions and elephants too. The zoo, the zoo, the wonderful zoo. There's such and uh, something and something to do. The zoo, the zoo, the wonderful zoo. Uh, it could also be called zoological, but not gardens. Let's call it a zoological park for now, shall we, kids? Yeah, we do. We do. And then, of course, the kids go, Teacher, why do we have to get someone else in? for an hour every Thursday to teach the singing. Have you something wrong with your voice or your ability to teach music? This is a bit weird, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Once a week, we all get ferried out of the door and across the corridor uh, up to some other teacher who, for some reason, uh, is the only one blessed with the ability to teach us songs about the zoological, uh, the zoological park. Uh, but you're entrusted with teaching us everything else, including language, maths, uh, religion, physical education, uh, everything else. But no, for some reason, songs, you just give up on that and send us up there. That's a bit weird, isn't it? A bit weird. Uh, although I probably won't even think about that until I'm, until I'm 47 and doing a podcast about you. Uh, absolutely fucking ridiculous. That was a weird school now that I think about it. Uh, they had outdoor toilets. I remember. Uh, I think they had indoor ones as well. But when you were outdoors, you used the outdoor toilets. Uh, they were in basically a shed up at the top. Halfway between the school and the nun's convent, you'd go to an outdoor toilet, be fucking freezing. And then there was a thing in the field beside there that everyone said was quicksand. I mean, like a swampy area of a field. Uh, so I'd take a wide berth around it because uh, my classmates had told me that if I go into that, I'll drown in mud and sink in uh, like that woman on Star Trek The Next Generation except she fell into a talking swamp uh, no that's not what you don't tell that to children well you do because you were a child at the time and you told me that uh, but no anyway on with the show now uh, I know what you're thinking there uh, you're thinking the zoo. Oh, I remember the zoo. I was brought there as a child. Uh, it was a horrible place. I realise now it was a horrible place uh, where animals were abused and treated like uh, treated like circus animals or basically put on to parade behind bars. But you're thinking, I'm very much against that sort of thing and I'm very disappointed that this fella was into a zoo song when he was four. If he was that much into zoos when he was four, can you imagine how much more he is into 
into it now. We started that early. They started him early. They started him almost as early as they start uh, circus freaks. Because circus freaks, they start him off as children. The elephant man, he probably started when he was about five. They put him in a circus when he was about five. And they said, best thing you can do for your career, young man, develop a face that looks like an elephant. So they put him in. They put him in with the elephants. And they said, we're going to bring you to the zoo every week now, every Sunday ad nauseum and hope it rubs off on you a little and you'll become an elephant. Not a full-fledged elephant, an elephant man. If you just become an elephant, then you'll just be another circus animal. That won't be... You can't just... That's the problem with this. You can't become an actual elephant because then you're not a freak. You have to remain a man but become an elephant man. No one wants to go and see just an elephant who's an elephant. No. Uh, I suppose you could see an elephant who was born as an elephant but somehow had human features onto them. That would be more a thing for if you were creating circus acts that animals want to go to see. So the animals would go to see an elephant who's developing the characteristics of a human. That would be more of a man-elephant than an elephant-man though. So if you're doing that, call it a man-elephant so we don't get confused. What we're talking about here is an elephant-man. And an elephant-man is a man who's being brought up to be a circus performer. And he's being, from an early age, coached into becoming more elephant-like, but not a complete full-fledged elephant. Just become a, be a human, but be elephant-like. Then when you're about 18, we'll bring you to the doctor and we say, I don't know what's going on here, but I spent the last 18 years training my son to be, be more like an elephant, and now he's a freak. Can you register him as a freak, please? And the doctor, uh, if, well, if you get unlucky, you'll get a doctor like the one who's in that film, uh, Anthony Hopkins. You'll get a nice, caring, sympathetic doctor who befriends the young man and tries to help him be more human. So make sure you don't get a doctor like that. You want your children to be a proper elephant freak performer. Although I suppose you get them to do that. You get the, the Anthony Hopkins type in. Pretend you didn't raise the the kid to be elephant-like that he just had just happened naturally and then bring him to the nice gentle Anthony Hopkins type doctor and say please 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 can you help my son be human again and then for the rest of his life your son will be led around by Anthony Hopkins and you'll be treating him like a gentleman like he does in the movie and you could probably uh, sell the movie rights for that and make a bit of money out of it that way instead of making money out of your son being a circus freak which you've trained him to be so I suppose you could argue, if you, sp if you spend your child's upbringing teaching him how to be a circus freak, but then bring him to Anthony Hopkins' doctor character who's sympathetic and turns him away from being an animal freak, you've done your child a great favour. Because if you hadn't bred him to be a circus freak, he'd never have had that experience with the Anthony Hopkins' doctor. That's what, I, that's what I got from that movie anyway. I hope you know which movie I'm talking about. The Elephant Man movie. The old Elephant Man movie... With John something as the elephant man and Anthony B. Hopkins as this doctor who meets the elephant man and starts treating him like a proper human being when everyone else has been a cunt to him. That's very nice of him. Although a bit hypocritical because the same Anthony Hopkins goes off then and plays Hannibal who goes around eating people. He goes around eating people for no good reason. Well, I think, I don't know, to be fair, uh, a lot of the people he eats are criminals if I remember rightly. I think so anyway. 
and he serves them up nicely with a nice Chianti. I've yet to, uh, I've yet to meet a nice Chianti. They all look like shit to me. Why would you want a Chianti? Is it some sort of a wine? I think it probably is. But all wines look the same. When you pour them into a glass and have a look at them, uh, the best way to examine the wine is to pour into a clear container, uh, like a glass bowl or a fish tank or a glass, and just look at it. And no, don't be pouring it into your mouth and swishing it about, because that just damages it. Uh, once you've sampled the wine by pouring it into your mouth and swishing it around and spitting it out, uh, that degrades it. It becomes undrinkable. Uh, well, you can, you can drink it yourself, but you can't give it to other people. You can't tell people, this wine is fantastic. I've just tried it and spit it out back into the bottle. Would you like a sip of it? No, no. People who do that and they think they're civilised, they're not civilised at all. They're no more civilised than Anthony Hopkins, who's standing there in his suit, uh, cutting into the fella's brains and serving it up on the plate like it's a bit of steak. No, no. That's no way to live. Sample your wine at the same time that the, the person who you're serving the wine is, your guest is sampling it. So sample it earlier. You open up the bottle and say, let's see what this stuff is like. I've no idea what it's going to be like because I haven't sampled it yet, because I don't pre-tube my guest's food or pre-drink their beverages. I open it up. Uh, the first time this wine sees the light of day is when I opened it here in front of you so you can witness that no one else has drunk at first. And then I pour a bit into your glass and a bit into mine and we'll all have a sip of it and then we'll decide whether it's nice or not. I suppose that would be, that would be a situation when there, where it would be appropriate to spend a while reading the label before you, before you sample something, to be fair. Wasn't I talking about reading the label earlier or in a future segment? I think so. It might be, it might be a future segment now that I think about it. I was saying something about reading the label. I think it was on the energy drinks. Oh, Two yes, wine connoisseurs walk into a bar. One of the wine connoisseurs goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar says, Excuse me, this is not a wine bar. The wine connoisseur says, Sure, I know that. That's why I asked for a pint of Guinness. Is that a problem? And the man behind the bar says, Yes, it is a problem. You're going around claiming to be a wine connoisseur and you're going to sample my Guinness and you're going to tell everyone that it's shit because it doesn't have a nice, oh, it doesn't have a nice floral bouquet or something. You're going to go around uh, diminishing me and my business and tell everyone how shit it is. And the wine connoisseur says, I think you've misunderstood. Well, I am a wine connoisseur. Uh, firstly, I also enjoy a pint of Guinness. And also, I'm not a wine reviewer. I'm not coming in here to review your wine or review you as a wine bar or anything. I'm just coming in here to have a nice pint of Guinness with my friend over here who also happens to be a wine connoisseur. By the way, how do you know we're wine connoisseurs? We didn't mention it or anything. You're just guessing. And the man behind the bar says, you're introduced to me as wine connoisseurs. It was said to me, two wine connoisseurs walk into a bar. So I took that to mean that you were both wine connoisseurs. Excuse me for uh, listening to how you're introduced and narrated and taking it as, oh, taking it as the truth. I don't take it as gospel 
but I take it as the truth or I take it as reasonably accurate until I hear something to the contrary such as for example you saying I'm not a wine connoisseur give me Guinness and the wine connoisseur says well I'm not going to say I'm not a wine connoisseur but I did ask for Guinness as a wine connoisseur not allowed to have a pint of Guinness is that is that a fucking problem now a wine you can't be a wine connoisseur and enjoy a pint of fucking Guinness uh, well I'm certainly not going to enjoy this one now because you put me in a bad mood uh, you'd be damn sure to Christ as hell that you're lucky I'm not a wine reviewer because I'd be giving you a terrible review now uh, I wouldn't be reviewing your wine I'd be reviewing your Guinness I'd say I didn't enjoy this Guinness at all and I think what I've learned from this is that it's not about the actual Guinness itself it's about the atmosphere and the mood that the Oh, that the hotelier or wherever you call the fellow, the pub landlord puts you in with his crop, with his absolute piffle coming in here, uh, giving out to me because I have the cheek to be a wine connoisseur who comes in looking for a pint of Guinness. I mean, what next? Is it too much to ask that I go into a fucking bar and get a pint of Guinness and just be sold a pint of Guinness and then shut up and go and sit down with my friend and drink it? Is that too much to ask? And the man behind the bar says, as a matter of fact, it is, because that wouldn't be much of a story. You can't be having a story on a podcast where it goes, two wine connoisseurs go into a bar to get a pint of Guinness each and they sit down and an uneventful night is had by all. How would that be? Of any use to anybody? And the wine connoisseur says, I suppose you have a pint there. Except you don't, because I'm not coming in here to be a part of some story. I'm just coming in here to relax. And if my if my drinking, uh, quietly drinking a pint of Guinness is my, in my friend isn't exciting enough for you, uh, you can go and say something like at the meanwhile at the other end of the there's two cats enjoying a pint of Guinness and the following situation occurs involving them. Hey, have you thought of that? The man behind the bar says, it's not really my job to think of these things, but I suppose, yes, that sounds like, that sounds like that could work. Although, if that's the case, you would wonder why he didn't start the story with the two cats at the, under, at the end of the bar in the first place. And the uh, wine connoisseur says, I think you'll find he did. He did that two cats walk into a bar story earlier, and then he came back and did this. And the man behind the bar says, who are we talking about? And the wine connoisseur says, I don't know, some, some some fella, uh, we're in the midst of something now here and some fella in a thing in the podcast. I don't know what in the name of Christ is going on, but it's ruining my night, I can tell you. It's ruining my night. I hope he edits this out. Uh, well, except the bit where I say it's ruining my night. I hope he leaves that in and you just hear uh, you just hear the beginning of the podcast and then me being quoted as saying, this is ruining my night. And then it's the end. And then he has the closing music. Have you noticed he's done something to the closing music recently? I think he did that. He got one of his old songs to hear the jingles with the voice on them and removed the voice. He's done the same thing to his jingles that he's done that the Beatles did to that new song that they just brought out. They lifted John Lennon's piano off them and he he's lifted the voice off them and he just has the instrumental now. He'll, he'll hear it at the end of the show. Unless he decides not to use it this week out of spouse, out of spite. I don't know. But that song he goes at the end uh, used to be a voice on it going do 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 match dick cats match dick cats and stuff 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 uh, something along those lines if I use it now without the voice he's removed the voice 
using AI or something. The same thing. It's exactly the same thing. There's a new Beatles song out now. It's just come out. It's called Now and Then. And you have John Lennon, who's dead, singing on it because they extracted his voice from an old tape where up till now you couldn't hear him behind the piano. Uh, so they extracted him from behind the piano and then they turned the thing to a new song and they put the two non-dead Beatles on it. And then George Harrison, they just they just, they got Paul McCarthy to play guitar in the style of George Harrison. That was his only involvement as far as I can see. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, absolutely fantastic as well, because it's very interesting as well. It's ridiculous. Something can be interesting and absolutely ridiculous at the same time. The fact that something ridiculous is happening can be an interesting thing. That's what I find anyway. How do you find that? And the man behind the bar says, Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. That's, that's very interesting now. I'm sorry to have disrupted your evening, by the way. Please go and enjoy your pint. Uh, meanwhile at the other end of the bar there's two cats sitting there well one of them is sitting at the bar and the other one is down at his table because he's the one who never goes up to the bar he sits there and waits for his point to turn up uh, unless it's his round in which case he goes up and the other cat becomes the other cat I never say which cat goes up to the bar I just say one of the cats cats goes up to the bar uh, but you should take it has read that each time it's they take turns there's not one fella who's just letting the other fella buy all the rounds no no just take it has read cats uh cats aren't very social creatures to each other but when they are they don't fucking go ripping each other off uh well they'd like to but the other cat wouldn't let them away with it if you're buying rounds with a cat you can be damn sure the christ is held if you try to be full any funny business and cheat him out of his round he's not going to let you away with us uh so you can be damn short hell is christ is that anyway on with the show or else anyway good morning delete as appropriate now, uh, i know what you're thinking there you're thinking he's got some problem with either wine connoisseurs or hannibal lecter or pharmacists or uh that character who Robbie Williams or Robin Williams, I can never remember which played in the, oh, in the pharmacy, uh, or sweet shop owners, uh, or criminals, or uh, victims of crime, or someone else. He seems to have a problem with everyone. He has a problem with everyone, because that's the only reason you'd say anything in a podcast about them, is because you have a problem with them. That's what you think. You think anyone who says anything uh, is bringing up a problem? Uh, no, I can bring things up without having a problem with them. I've got nothing against Hannibal Lecter. Absolutely nothing. He's a perfectly decent man. Nothing against criminals or their victims. I have nothing against uh, the men who own sweet shops who used to uh, take the top off the hard-to-open glass bottles for their customers. I have nothing against the two cats who walked into the bar or the two wine connoisseurs who walked into the bar or the barman who argued with them. I have nothing against any of those people at all. In fact, I created all of those people. Those are people, people I created in my imagination. If I had a problem with them, why would I bring them up at all? I, would, I wouldn't create them at all. I'd leave them uncreated. I'd leave them wallowing in misery in nowhere land uh, where they don't even know they exist. I'd be miserable. I'd be confined to the pits of nothingness. Although... Uh, they'd probably, that probably wouldn't cause them any distress at all. And probably by bringing them into some kind of existence in the, my imagination here, I'm probably uh, causing them slightly more so 
suffering than they, they would be having if I'd left them just not existing at all, if anything. But that's only if you believe that I'm bringing these people into some sort of reality where they can suffer. And if you do, you better explain that, because that's your theory, and I know nothing about that. So you better have some sort of a theory. Send me a link to your theory that these people who I discuss in my imagination are somehow suffering just because I put them suffering in a story. They tell that to me now. You probably can't. You're probably some sort of a philosopher uh, who's also a theologian, uh, who's also a scientist, and you've probably read something that says, uh, if a cat farts at the other end... Oh, no, that doesn't. It's not the cat farting, isn't it? A different thing. That's irrelevant. Forget I said that. Uh, but no, you're probably thinking... Oh, you're probably thinking nothing. Uh, you're thinking nothing because you're, you're out in nowhere land there. You don't even exist. You're just existing in my imagination. Uh, so while you're in my imagination, you may as well at least experience some suffering. So uh, here's a... Uh, imagine yeah, imagine yourself with a chain attached to you and it's attached to a boulder and you're carrying it around for years as part of your prison sentence. But you're losing loads of weight. But you lose so much weight that you fade away to nothing and then you're just gone so it's like a death sentence except you're more effort involved uh, so imagine that how's that for uh, imagining suffering on an imaginary person now you might say to that you say oh that doesn't affect me at all I'm perfectly fine well I know that I'm talking about the imaginary person with the stone attached to them you're, you're arguing that they're suffering well you're not but I'm, I'm claiming that I know what you're thinking and that what you're thinking is that these imaginary people who I talk about are suffering because of me. Uh, that's what you're claiming. Or is it? Uh, or that's what I'm claiming that you're claiming that. But you're not really, I suppose. Uh, but I don't know. So does that mean you're the imaginary person then? I don't know. I, can't, I don't know. Do a fucking thesis about it and let me know. I have to say I find this I find this uh, concept hard to deal with. It's a load of bollocks. That's, that's what it is. I think that's my problem with it. The, the fact that it's a load of bollocks. I think that's what's that's what's problematic about us. Oh look, there's some silence. Isn't that great? Isn't silence great? Listen to that. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Nothing but silence. Uh, and where would you get it except here on Into Your Head podcast? You tune in here for this. Here's a bit more of it. Look. Absolutely fucking fantastic. And you can't have that. You might think you can create silence on your own, but you can't. In order for there be to be silence, there has to be absence of silence first. And I'm creating the absence of silence here, uh, so you can have the, the silence that follows here. If I let the silence go on too long, you see, then it just becomes, uh, it just becomes nothing. It becomes meaningless. It's like uh, it's like having a pathway that you designate, a, a walkway through the Wicklow Mountains, and you say this is a walkway through the Wicklow Mountains, but you can't just say the walkway is the whole width of the mountains. No, no, you have to define where it is. It's between that's the left side of it and that's the right side, and that's the trail that you walk along. Uh, so that's the walkway. You can't say the whole. Oh, there's the walkway because then it's not defined so same with silence there's nothing you have to have something surrounding the silence such as this here's something you can have surrounding the silence for example ah, and then you have the silence now like this 
and then you have a barrier at the other end of the silence like this. You notice the barrier in before and after the silence are slightly different. Well, that's because that's like if the silence is, say, for example, the Irish Sea. Uh, you leave one shore and that's Ireland and then you reach the other shore and that's at the coast of Wales and the United Kingdom and that's slightly different. See, it's a different a different noise at the other end. So you start off, say, for example, you're going to America. If you're going to swim across the Atlantic to America, if you go down to Limerick or somewhere, you jump in the Shannon Estuary, for example. So the noise there before the... If you're representing the coast that you're leaving as the noise and uh, the travel, the swimming across the sea part as the silence and then arriving at America as the noise that's the barrier at the other end. Uh, so then you jump into the Shannon here and that you'd, you'd represent that with the following noise. I don't know if that's accurate. I've never been to Limerick. I think that to that County Clare and I've been on a boat there but I've never been to Limerick so excuse sorry if it's not accurate and then anyway you'd be swimming across the Atlantic there for several weeks and that would be represented by the following silence like so and of course the thing with silence is there has to be noise in front and behind or else there's no silence or else the silence doesn't exist if there isn't something before and after it for, for the silence to exist behind so here's so when you get to the coast of wherever you get Newfoundland or something you'd have that would be represented by the following noise that's the noise there and my mother did that once you know, my late mother who passed away recently uh, in the 1950s or 60s, she went to live in Boston for a while. Uh, but when she emigrated, she went over on a boat. It took about, oh, it took about 10 days. So she got into the sea. She didn't swim. She got into a ship and they went over across the sea for days and days and days. It was like the Titanic or something, except there was all poor people, as I understand it. And then they got to Newfoundland. And from what's claimed to me, uh, she spent a weekend there having shore leave or something. And then they went on to Boston. I don't exactly know how that works. Uh, but you'd have to, the noise would be a good way to represent that, you see. The noise would probably be being different in those days. That was like 50 or 60 years ago. Uh, so presumably she got on a boat somewhere, uh, possibly down near Shannon as well, I don't know, or maybe Cork or somewhere. She get into the boat there, she'd have the following noise to segregate that, that part of the sea. You go... <laughs> Uh, so that would be leaving the coast and getting onto the boat. And then you'd have the 14 days of silence. And then uh, the silence again. Doesn't Silence doesn't exist unless there's noise before or after it to, to, to cause the silence. So you'd get to Newfoundland and then you'd have the... Uh, now, I don't know. I'm not really sure what happened when she got to Newfoundland, but the family mythology is that she had a, a break there for a couple of days and then either got back onto the ship for a few more days or travelled somehow else and ended up in Boston for a year. I don't know. And then came back on the plane because you would become a millionaire from working in one of your hospitals over there or something. Uh, anyway, that's how that works. Uh, so that's how, that's how silence works. There's no silence without noise at each end 
There's no sea without a coast at each end. There's no, uh, oh, there's no rain without sunshine at each end. There's no sunshine without clouds at each end. Well, that's not necessarily true. Uh, Mars could have sunshine all day and no clouds, I suppose. Uh, but does it? I have no idea. And I'm not going to look her up right now uh, any more than I'm going to research wines or research the ingredients on a can of Red Bull. No, no, I've got better things to do. I have to edit this crap for a start. It's probably going to take the next two days. Anyway, on with the end of the show or whatever comes next. 